Welcome to Lab Chats, a podcast from the team at LabStats. I'm Tyler Jacobson, your host for today's episode. Each week, we'll sit down with technology leaders in higher education to get the latest buzz and insights while we discuss current events, trends, problems, and solutions. Now let's get into it. For today's episode of Lab Chats, we have with us Dr. Joe May, who's Chancellor at Dallas College. Uh, Joe, did you want to take a minute and just give a little bit of a whirlwind overview of your experience, and then we can talk uh, education a little bit? Sure, Tyler, and uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to, to join you today. It's a real, real pleasure to be here. Uh, Dallas College, uh, uh, like most people would guess, is in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we're an uh, urban institution, enroll roughly 150,000 students uh, each year in our location, so uh, one of the larger uh, institutions in the, in the country. Uh, we, uh, I, I guess what's uh, uh, unique about us in some ways is that for uh, over 50 years, we operated as seven separate institutions. And this past year, we consolidated uh, into a single institution. And, you know, folks asked, well, why, why did you do that? It was really simple. Uh, you know, in today's world, uh, as individuals are often uh, picking education almost uh, in programs in an a la carte type manner that uh, having seven options out there was just too many uh, and uh, and was causing actually people to not uh, earn credentials or degrees because they were picking up uh, from different locations around. And, and even though it kind of looked like those might come together for a degree because they were from different institutions that often did not. So we've really simpli- uh, simplified the uh, our institution, streamlined the process for students made it easier for employers to connect and and uh, proud uh, proud to be here and and proud to be uh, a, a part of today's conversation. Excellent. So what prompted us to invite you on was we were speaking with Ryan Craig and he was talking to you, holding you up as an example of some of the certification programs you've introduced at Dallas College. Give me a little background on what you did and and a little bit of what you're trying to accomplish with that. Sure, and and appreciate that. And uh, Ryan always is someone I enjoy uh, uh, talking with. Uh, He's a great one to bounce ideas off of and uh, to get his input and kind of reaction to things. So I appreciate following up with with, uh, Ryan's conversation. The the idea that that we've realized is that for uh, so many of our students, it really is about how do they take where they are in life today where they would like to be in life and get there. And often it's just a bridge too far uh, for them to, to comprehend. So many of our students either weren't successful in their previous educational experience, either not, not because they didn't have the ability to solve and they didn't have the motivation or they didn't see the opportunities or they had grown up in families that had told them, you can't go to college because we can't afford it. So why, why plan? Why, why pursue? And yet they have great ability, uh, but they find themselves in a situation where they're needing to work. And so what, what we've realized is that we can do a couple of things to really help with that. If we provide opportunities for certifications first, and we call it certificates first uh, in, in terms of, uh, of, of in programs, allowing people to earn a certification that has real market value today uh, in, in today's economy, in today's marketplace, and so that they can get a job, let's say, paying 50000 a year 
uh, rather than $15 an hour uh, that they might have made otherwise. This allows them to begin to build not only uh, a, a more robust educational experience uh, and be able to plan for the long term, both for themselves, their educational career, uh, their their career uh, in, in the economy and the workforce, as well as how they can serve their family and, and meet the broader needs of the community. So we, we designed this, we call it True Pathways, but the idea is that they start with a certification, often industry-based, almost always non-credit, uh, that uh, serve as a, as a foundation that leads to a job that in and of itself has marketability uh, in the economy, in the workplace. But the great news is, is that we dovetail and count that toward more traditional degrees so that just because you started in what would be something that's often offered by a boot camp or uh, a, uh, another non-institutional provider is actually now part of an educational plan and, and program and takes individuals from where they are in life to where they want to be. Okay, that is excellent. And you you generated about six more questions in my mind while you were talking. It, it sounds like an exciting program. What are you doing as far as you said marketability? How are you giving that program like value or teeth when a student comes out and are you going to the employers first or how are you giving it true value? Yeah, great, great question. And we created about seven years ago at Dallas College uh, something that we call the uh, Labor Market Intelligence Center. Uh, and uh, the labor market side uh, builds off of commonly available data. We've got great partners such as Chimera, Burning Glass, uh, EMSI, others that, that help us really do a great job of analyzing the market, uh, understanding what jobs are in demand, uh, going over, looking at ads that are being uh, placed, uh, looking at the salaries, the, the income. Well, that's the data side. The intelligence side then is getting out and engaging employers directly and understanding and partnering with them. And what we find is that that last piece is critical. The, the data gives us kind of a, a hunting license, if you would, of, of where where to be targeting, whether where to look at, but then you have to really get down and look at the specifics. So even if, uh, and I'll just pick one that is on everybody's mind these days, cybersecurity. Uh, so uh, a, a, a cybersecurity certification and credential is not a one size fits all. Uh, depending on the needs of your organization, depending if you're looking at someone doing forensics as opposed to, you know, active combat of, uh, of, of, of uh, really protecting in real time your, uh, your assets and resources in that space. And so the skill sets uh, may be overlapping, but the credentials may be different uh, for what's there. The same is true in healthcare. And, uh, and other areas that are, that are out there as well. So understanding specifically what's being, uh, 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 I guess, in the, in the market today, what are employers looking for, uh, what problems are they trying to solve, and what may be uh, necessary in order to specifically meet those needs. So we generally start with the employer first, uh, make sure that we understand the need. So uh, let's, let's uh, I'll, I'll, you know, pick a bank, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, it doesn't really matter. Uh, all of them uh, have uh, certain things that they're looking for. And let's say it's a uh, individuals uh, with a uh, Google IT professional support certification. So you've got that as someone that they're uh, looking for a skill uh, uh, set, that certification. So now we partner with Google. 
uh, and uh, and we 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 come together uh, because you would think that that those automatically dovetail uh, into uh, degrees. They don't. We we then have to translate that. So we'll. It's easy to offer the certification, and it's easy to offer the credit program. It's not easy to bring those two together. So we've done that with organizations like Google, like Verizon, like Salesforce, uh, uh, um, AWS, others where we not only partner with the employer uh, side of the house, but we also partner with the credential provider uh, side of the house as well so that we can bring those together for the benefit of both students and employers. That seems like a critical piece because anybody could write a curriculum and, and generate a certificate, but if that certificate doesn't mean anything to the employer, it's not going to provide value to either the employer or the student. So when you're starting to enroll for these certificate programs, are those enrollments um, employers that are directing employees to go get these certifications, or is it um, prospective employees that are wanting to build their resume and land that that dream job, where are your uh, students coming from? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it really is all of them. Although, you know, we refer to our model uh, as the career connected network. And we also sometimes ascribe it uh, from the student side is what they want to do is enroll in a job. Uh, they're really not looking to enroll in a program. That's just a means to an end uh, uh, along the way. So, we, we really do start with that employer, but then look at how we identify the, the individuals that have needs. And, and so many of the, the employers that we work with, uh, I'll just pick Bank of America as, as one right now, uh, but I could pick others, uh, JP Morgan Chase or others, for example, are, are, are really doing a couple of things uh, all at once. Uh, they're, they're looking at how they get the, uh, the skill set that they need in employees. Number one, that's important. Do they have the skills needed to do the job? Secondly, though, they're also looking at how to create a more diverse workforce, uh, a workforce more reflective of the communities in which they're located and, and, uh, and, and serving. So they're not looking at simply bringing in employees from traditional types of backgrounds or, or tracks. That's kind of where we come in. And often uh, we partner with others like uh, organizations like Year Up, uh, but it may be uh, Boys Club, Girls Club, it may be others that can help us kind of figure out how we can bring individuals that we refer to as uh, non-consumers of uh, higher education. If you've uh, uh, read uh, Clay Christensen's words, he talks about non-consumers being the big market that's out there. Well, we see that in education. So identifying those non-consumers, often uh, they, they don't look like traditional students. How do we, one, invite them in? support them in a way, we can talk about that support side because that's really part of the network. I mean, it's things like public transportation, it's things like food banks and pantries, it's other services that are there. So we, we, we really provide wraparound services that once we bring them in, we want them to be successful. And we want an employer that will bring them on board uh, and, and help them reinforce that uh, you know, our, our goal is even if they start out, and many times they do start out as interns, that they stay there, that they become full-time employees with that with that organization. So it's a very 
robust uh, relationship and pipeline with our employers. Okay, so is this turning into something that's become a recruiting channel for your regular programs? You know, uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a great question. And I think it's particularly important during this time of COVID where we have had just major disruptions in the workforce. So, you know, record unemployment last, uh, last year, uh, employers having trouble finding people, but employers are still having trouble uh, finding people, even though we're seeing the, uh, uh, the unemployment rates decline, more people going back to work, uh, entering uh, that. But, you know, we, uh, right now, what we're really looking for, how do we find more students to take advantage of these programs in order to enroll? And, we, we, we're, you know, Tyler, it's, it's kind of interesting. I've never before been at this point, partly because of the federal stimulus dollars, other resources, is that there are resources to virtually guarantee that almost anyone can go to college today, particularly community colleges, if not free, almost free uh, at uh, just about everywhere uh, to get the type of support, wraparound services. I mean, we're providing, we, we just uh, approved today uh, an additional $5 million to support childcare for our students. So we provide free public transportation passes for all of our students. We give them debit cards for food pantries and, and food banks in and, and order to have access to that. Uh, and, and really supporting those needs. But we still are struggling to find enough people to meet the needs of employers in the area. I think that's the big gap right now. And it's uh, getting that message across that how do you get from where you are to a job, which that's kind of gets back to this concept that we've talked about is that individuals want to enroll in a job. They don't want to really go to college. and They don't really want to uh, enroll in a program. They, they want to see as direct a line from where they are in life to a better job and a better life. And so how can we connect that dots for them uh, and make that apparent? And I still think uh, that for a whole variety of reasons, we're not doing a good job as a society of showing people how to navigate that pathway in a way that they understand it and see it as a low risk option for a better life. I see that in, you know, the options my kids are looking at and things like that, that um, college may not be the most direct path to a job because it takes two, four, six, eight years, depending on what degree you're looking for. What is the timeline to complete one of these certificate programs? And so how quick could a student realistically be applying for these positions? As little as eight weeks. Uh, uh, that's available, uh, six months uh, uh, at the, the outside, qualifies an individual for a, a great job. Uh, and, you know, right now in North Texas, uh, for example, the uh, Google IT professional support certification is worth about 50000 uh, in, in the marketplace. That's not bad. Uh, and, uh, and, and if that's the, uh, the beginning, now here, here's the key. That certification has a shelf life. Uh, meaning that uh, over over time it becomes less valuable. So if that's all you have and you're not adding to your education and building off of it, that value will decline. It's worth a great deal 
relative to where a person is today. But but that's just really the beginning. So what we're trying to do is let's get that fundamental in place. Let's get them the skills to get a job, but let's help reinforce that to help build that education uh, background so that in the future that uh, they have the skills to build off of that and to add to it and to be able to have a career, not just a job. So is that something that you foresee as having a refresher certificate in five years where you know, you're able to update them on new industry trends and things like that? Sure. Sometimes it's a booster. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, it, it really is. This is the beginning and you're going to be building off of this. So we, we refer to it uh, as stackable credentials, uh, 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 but, but it really is a pathway, a journey. Uh, we frame that out so that we show students, if you start here, here's the next step, here's the next step, and here's uh, ultimately where you can end up. And there, there are multiple options along the way. Uh, you know, we, we, we try to limit that somewhat. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the uh, you know, a friend of mine is always saying, uh, you know, students don't do options. Well, uh, they, they, they don't do them well uh, as, as such, uh, you know, and, uh, and others have talked about, you know, you, you, uh, you start piling on the, uh, the, the, the options that are out there and it makes it confusing as to, uh, uh, to the decision that you want to make. So trying to keep it simple, uh, pointing out, you know, here's the credential, here's the job, here's if, if you uh, come back and uh, pick up these courses or this program area or these additional certifications, here's what it can build into. And, you know, and, and, and this has really been something that's, that's not new. It, it's been around for, for years. I mean, uh, you know, I have a, have a son uh, that became an EMT. Uh, then he became a paramedic, and then he became a, uh, a fireman, uh, and then uh, he finished his bachelor's degree, and then he got his master's degree. So along the way, uh, and, and uh, uh, he's, he's worked in healthcare, he's uh, been a fireman, he's uh, uh, worked all these different areas, but it allowed him to build uh, and now have a, uh, a, a broader career. But along the way, uh, pick up skills, but uh, uh, as someone said, insurance it wasn't really his reason for doing it. Uh, but but it's the idea. We've seen it in automotive, uh, other areas where you can get certifications and build on that over over time. Often, it's not explained uh, as a pathway. There are a lot of silos and one offs. Uh, that's the way it, my, my son saw it. He had to figure out his own network. He had to figure out what to do next. So we're really figuring that out for the students and we're laying that out so that it's clear and that we're, uh, we're nudging them along the way to, to make that easier for them. And if they want to change direction, we, we can help them with that uh, as well. You mentioned several different job categories that from conversations that I'm having with people, there is a yearning need for people to fill these positions. So have you had uh, any data to back up what your placement rates are with these certificates? How's how's it working? Yeah, incredibly well. Uh, I mean, where, you know, if, if we take the time up front to do the intelligence of sitting down with the employers, talking about what the needs are, talking about the jobs, then 
the jobs are there. Uh, it's, it's now a matter of working out what that relationship looks like. Many times it's an internship uh, where you come into a paid internship. Uh, but what, you know, and, and, and I guess this is uh, something that whether it's new or, or, or been around, but, you know, internships used to be, I think, in many cases, seen as just simply providing experience for the individual. It was a altruistic uh, activity, uh, a way of employers investing back. Uh, you would uh, let a person come into your business or bank or organization, uh, spend a semester or a year, uh, but there weren't really, they, they weren't always really thinking about a long-term career. Now I've got to tell you, employers are thinking very differently about that. I, I talk to firms all the time that are going, we want interns, but we really want them to be interested in staying with us. Uh, we're looking at really investing in them uh, and doing this in a collaborative way. Uh, if they'll agree to get this certification, we'll agree to bring them on board, put them in a paid uh, position. But guess what? Uh, if they'll continue their education, and we'll help with that, uh, there's uh, there's opportunities for them to advance. So I love going back and, and visiting with students. Uh, we you know we do a variety of events where used to more. Uh, hopefully we're back in it again now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic, but uh, live events where we're, we're talking to students, just share your stories. And, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're both powerful and, and motivational, but also very instructive uh, as, as we, uh, as we listen to individuals, because by saying, if you do this step, then this happens. And then if you're here and uh, you do well and you take advantage of these opportunities, then you have the possibility for this promotion, this advancement. And I, you talk about beaming when an individual that was mowing yards a year ago, uh, it's going through a six month certification program is now working at a major bank. Uh, and six months later is told that they've moved from intern into full-time employee uh, with a salary increase and uh, opportunities and uh, opportunities for advancement if they'll continue their education. I mean, we've just changed their lives uh, and their, their families' lives and given the bank uh, an employee that they tested. It, this is not a high-risk decision on, on their part. Uh, they know exactly who they're getting. And the great news, if we do it right, there's very little failure. Uh, you know, we can we can get about 90 percent of those successful, but it's it's really up on the institution to do the groundwork first, to build those networks, to build those relationships. Too often, we've just left that up to the student and we've left it up into the employers. You guys figure it out. Uh, and that just hadn't worked well. And I don't think it's ever going to work well. Uh, and, and that's why uh, institutions need to send themselves uh, as, as really the connectors. And, and, and just kind of maybe if I could follow up on that. So imagine uh, a, a chart with organizations, uh, high schools, uh, colleges, two-year colleges, universities, uh, employers, and a whole slew of them uh, out here. Uh, and between them are dotted lines, right? Uh, they, that's, that's how we typically connect them. Well, the trouble with a dotted line is no one owns that dotted line. 
And the goal with the Career Connected Network is we focus on the dotted line. Our goal is to manage that and understand that transition and to manage that at every step of the way uh, through that, that process, because up until now, we've really left that up to chance uh, but for both individuals, employers. And what we're trying to do is take the chance out of it. And you gave a couple of excellent points there because I've always, my experience has been if you really want to get to know someone, work with them for a day. And you're going to understand them on a personal level as well as their skills level and things like that. And what more could you ask for from a job perspective employee interview type aspect of we've worked with them for three months, six months, a year. You know exactly, you have the the relationship built, you have the, uh, you verified the experience level and they're already trained on your own internal processes. So I can see that working very, very well. Um, I wanted to change tracks just a little bit. You mentioned something right at the beginning that uh, has had me thinking a little bit. You said that you guys have consolidated seven campuses into one unified institution. How did that go? Well, it's going well. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, the, the one thing we didn't plan on was a pandemic. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we had, uh, we, we had kind of mapped out the plan, uh, in 2019, uh, looking at data and, and realizing that, uh, literally we were having thousands of students every year, complete all the courses that they needed for a degree, but couldn't get the degree because there's an accreditation rule through the U S department of education, that says that in order to get a degree, you must have 25% of your courses from the institution awarding that degree. Well, with all of our colleges and the availability of public transportation, I mean, you know, the, the very things that have made urban living better over the last 20, 25 years has actually uh, uh, created a problem for students that love to go uh, to accelerate their process by going to multiple institutions at the same time. And so we would have students go, well, I completed all the courses. You did. You checked every box but one. Uh, and, and that one means that you can't earn the degree. And you can imagine the, I, I mean, disappointment is an understatement. Uh, the, uh, de, I mean, uh, deflated, uh, just disillusioned uh, by by the process, and we didn't have a workaround. And uh, and and uh, you would have think we would have realized this was going on. We didn't. Uh, I became aware of it in June of 2019. Uh, by the end of June, I'd already gone to our board, said we've got to fix this problem, and the only solution is to consolidate our colleges into a single institution. They approved that by August. Uh, we uh, put together a plan, went to our uh, the Department of Education and our creditors. Uh, we pulled the trigger on that plan on March 16th and went into COVID lockdown on March 17th. So uh, it was... <laughs> which, timing which, was perfect. Uh, you know, it, it, but, but it, in a way it was uh, because it allowed us 
to we, we already mapped out the strategy and we just implemented the new strategy, which actually made it easier to serve uh, students in this changed environment. We converted uh, from uh, 15,000 classes online in four days. Uh, we were uh, able to get students in classes very quickly and meet the needs. And, and honestly, uh, I'm not sure if we were operating as seven institutions, we could have done it in four months, much less four days. And uh, by just really uh, immediately making that consolidation operating from that moment as a single institution, I, I think made all the difference in the world. And it accelerated our process. So in, in a way, um, it it was just fortunate that we had that plan in our hip pocket uh, ready to pull the trigger on when COVID hit. Uh, wasn't why we did it, but it, it turned out to, uh, uh, to to actually be a help during during what what was just a crazy time anyway. So uh, so so it worked well. So were your what we find is a lot of schools have multiple campuses. Even the campuses are competitive with each other for recruitment, enrollment, um, programs offered, things like that. Uh, was it pretty smooth to get people all on the same page and aligned, or is there still a little bit of that competitive element that's that's lingering? In yeah, there? that's a, that's a really important question, and and you know here here's here, a, a couple of there's a lot in that question uh, actually. So first. Uh, education in general, not just higher ed, but but K-12 and others, uh, for whatever reason, uh, have developed autonomy as one of their higher values. Uh, and uh, which, if you think about it, uh, even in technology, there's very few B2B platforms in, in education as compared to name any other field. You've got them all over the place. Uh, there's, there's limited even business to consumer uh, platforms uh, that, are, that are out there. Everything tends to operate in, in a silo. So the, the very culture of the organizations create competition, uh, competitiveness, uh, and a lack of ability to collaborate and work work together. So that just defines the nature of, of education uh, and, and in general. So you're right. I took a little bit of time personally to look at other organizations that had gone through similar types of uh, uh, experiences. And I had the good fortune of being able to spend actually a couple of hundred hours uh, interviewing CEOs of hospital systems that had consolidated and created them, of banks that had consolidated, uh, actually of an automotive uh, uh, dealerships and franchises that had consolidated multiple uh, franchises under a single organization. Uh, and, uh, and so from that, boy, there were just a lot of similarities. And, uh, you know, while we, we often think we're unique, I, I think in many ways we are, but the reaction of people is pretty much the same. There are people that saw that uh, within their organizations as an advantage, and there were people that were highly threatened uh, by it. So going in, I knew pretty well how, uh, based on their experiences, how people were going to react, and they nailed it. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they got it right, uh, that there were a group were going, it's about time. You know, I, why has it taken us so long 
uh, to solve these problems? Why are we wasting so much money? Why are we inefficient? Why are we duplicating services? Why are we competing with each other along the line? And uh, and you'd had others uh, going, well, you know, you're you're going to destroy our culture. Uh, you're going to take away our, our identity. Uh, you know, what about this program? What about that 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 effort? And uh, and it always was the top leadership that was uh, that, that was the most protective of the status quo, where the people working directly with students, with employers or others going, thank goodness, you have no idea how hard it is to navigate and get services to people when we've got to navigate all these systems. So. Uh, you know, your uh, what, whatever you can imagine where the uh, resistance and pushback came, you would be right. Uh, but I, I think what was a little bit even surprising, uh, but not so much after I talked to others, was how our, our people within the organization were going. Thank you uh, for for helping us uh, be able to do a better job of working with students and our students. Uh, overwhelmingly have been appreciative of it. Our, our surveys there said they immediately saw a benefit immediately uh, as we consolidated websites, as we consolidated operations, their life became a lot easier from, from day one. That is excellent. Like both topics that we discussed today just show a focus on providing value for the students as well as the people that they will be serving, which is the employers um, and their families down the road. It has been an excellent conversation. I greatly appreciate your time and your input. And um, thank you for joining. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Great to, great to be here. Good to, good to okay. see you. That's all for today's episode of Lab Chats. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new Lab Chats episode is posted each week. We'll see you next time.